What's up, guys? I'm Ben. I'm here with Matt. Yeah, yo, yo, yo. Uh, back to you with another episode. We're going to just run right into our shout-outs. Matt's going to get us started with uh, his shout-out he's real, real excited about. Yeah, so excited. I came into the intro with yo, yo, yo. So, <laughs> you know, I'm real excited about this one. The Carolina Hurricanes, personal favorite team of mine, favorite NHL hockey team. Um, this year, the divisions are kind of screwed up, screwy, and they're in the central division with a bunch of other random teams that we have no business being in the same division with. Um, but it turns out it's a good thing for us. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't even know that they switched up the divisions in hockey this year. Yes, they did. They switched up the divisions because all the Canadian teams had to be in one division. Why was that? Just for better uh, Canadian viewing and audience? And no, because of COVID stuff and oh, like the okay. Canadian COVID laws. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's and like a bunch of other stuff. So pretty much, yeah, one one Canadian division, Central Division. Yeah, it's kind of weird this year. Um, but where Wait, how the, many teams the, are there no in Canada? Real, I thought there was only like two or three. There's six. Yeah, well, see, this shows you how much I really know about hockey. Uh, yeah, six, I think. Hold up. Or five. Winnipeg, uh, Calgary, Edmonton. No, they probably have six. Uh, Ottawa, Toronto. What did I say? Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Ottawa. Maybe it is five. You said Winnipeg. And Winnipeg. Yep, Winnipeg. Yep, so that is six. Yeah, there's six of them. Well... Yeah, but we're in our own. We're in a different division. We got the Dallas Stars of note and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those are probably the two, two other competing teams with us in that division, and we're at the top right now, six one and zero. We beat the Dallas Stars a couple games ago. We're on a five game win streak in the seven games we played, and the win streak was broken in half by um, a COVID stoppage because we were three and one. And with the COVID, we had a uh, we had a run in with another team that had COVID, and we were exposed, so we had to stop for like two weeks. So th- I I think it's that makes the the streak all that more impressive. I know the last two games we've only won in overtime, which kind of you know you're standing on shaky ground. But we did lose our starting uh, goaltender, which is really a key thing. So. We'll see how it goes. I have hope for this season, and as I said on the podcast before, I do have some a little bit more of aspirations for the Hurricanes as I do have money on them winning the Futures bet for um, not only their division but also the Stanley Cup, which I think they will do. They've um, only other done one other time, right? Yeah, they've only won the Stanley Cup one other time. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. And they've been to it, the Eastern Conference Finals, what is it now, four four times, and we've been to the Stanley Cup two times. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, remember two years ago, that was a crazy time for us. I remember that's when I kind of got into hockey with you. We yeah. All, you, the had whole enough, suite. you had enough merchandise enough to hurting. deck the whole friend group out. So there was like eight like, of us. Yeah, six There was or like seven. eight of us sitting there uh, watching the game. Completely decked out in Hurricanes. Completely game. plastered. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, and just having a good time, yelling, yelling, was, going crazy. That was you was had your so, hockey stick, and was I was so running around, <laughs> flicking Mike's dip cans around off the walls of the suite with his hockey stick, <gasps> talking about how if I could skate, I could play hockey. That's how it was so loud that Wesley <laughs> was on the bottom floor of the suite. And could hear us screaming when they <laughs> scored a goal. <laughs> hey, <He's, laughs> hey, we were riding that. We rode. We rode. It was like at first it was Canes and four, and Canes then we, and four. We would lose one, and then it was just Canes and five. We just changed. Canes and six. Yeah. <laughs> Canes and seven. And then, baby. Went game seven. Remember and remember. Uh, we had we got we freaking watched <laughs> a double overtime masterpiece of a game. That was honestly, if I could have showed. People that were just watching hockey, one game in my hockey life, it was that game. And we all freaking watched it together, bro. It was crazy. And yeah, then I ended up going to a game because we had break. 
and then uh, then we had like one more week, and then we uh, then we left school, and we weren't able to watch that last series together. And I think that's really what ultimately ended up making us lose that series. Because we weren't able. To yeah, watch we weren't together. able to watch it together, bro. Uh, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So, switching topics after talking about the hurricanes, I know you wanted to talk about. Well, Nolan. I mean, I just had my thoughts on that. Switching from one sport to another. On the Nolan trade? Yeah. Uh, Explain to people really what the trade was. And I know a lot of people don't know, don't follow baseball as much. I mean, I know I don't. So, well, I mean, hell, people, I say that and I was talking about hockey. So, yeah. (laughs) Nolan Arenado, he was the former third baseman on the Rockies. He's been playing for quite a while. Uh, Well, quite a while. I mean, he's, I think he's going to be entering his age 30 season now. Uh, but the Rockies have dealt him to the Cardinals for four, no, five players, I'm sorry. Uh, lefty Austin Gomber, and then the right-handed pitchers Tony Losey and Jake Summers, and then an infielder, his name is Elurius Montero, and third baseman Mateo Gill, basically just kind of some prospects. I think Gomber and uh, Somers and Losey might might have – I know Gombers and I think Somers have definitely got MLB time, but I think for the rest of them, I'm not – I'm pretty sure that they're just kind of like prospects. The Rockies are also – Like what tier would you say prospects? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody in the baseball world recognizes that the Cardinals just got Nolan Arenado for as cheap as you could probably possibly ever get him. Huh. And why do you think that happened? The Rockies are sending $50 million with the Cardinals. He's supposed to get paid 30, 30? That is interesting about $30 baseball. million dollars, I think, this year to get paid. And so he, and the Rockies are sending 50. So they're pretty really much eating this contract for two more years. Nolan Arenado had a uh, had a no-trade clause. It was waived, obviously, because yeah. he is going to the Cardinals. So that does get uh, negotiating factors to the other team. So he... Why would they try to – I know in some sports it's get rid of them because they're a cancer, the player wants out. Was there any particular reason that you saw with this trade? Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. This is, I think, I would say probably the third year in a row in which around this time of year there has been Nolan Arenado trade rumors because the Rockies, they're in the National League West, so they're paired with the Padres, the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, and the Giants. Uh, you know, everybody knows about the Dodgers and what the Dodgers have been doing the past couple of years. Yeah, just arm Finally, up. Finally won them a, a World Series. Now, I mean, good Lord, have you seen the moves the Padres have made if you're not familiar with it? The Padres are probably Manny. the best team in baseball, maybe with besides the Dodgers. And they're both in the same conference, or it's both in the same division, in the same national. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the Rockies are now. You know they were just, they were kind of in a place. They have Trevor Story, who MLB Network just rated as their top, the best shortstop in the league, and Nolan Arenado I think was rated at maybe like the sixth best, but a lot of third basemen are stacked, and he had a off year this year coming back from a shoulder injury that was still lingering. Uh, but I think I think the Cardinals, you know, got a steal. They actually extended Arenado. They got one more year on Arenado's deal, but it's a player option. So 2021 and 2022, he can. So he'll have the option to walk out the door. Right. But, I mean, the Cardinals are poised to do pretty good. They just made a great move. Uh so, honestly, I don't really see him leaving the NL Central. You're talking about he's going to play the Cubs, who are not what I they feel like he gets a won. lot of blue-blood fans like that, too. He could really be, like, the back of a jersey kind of guy where he gets a ton of, I feel like, media coverage and, play, like, fan support and love if he goes to – I feel like St. Louis, if – stop me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they're a blue-blood Oh, they have the most. The I think they have the most championships in the league besides the Yankees. So I mean, and the Yankees have an ungodly twenty-seven, and I think, 
I don't, don't don't nobody quote me on this, but it is like I think they have maybe thirteen, maybe somewhere around that ballpark. Maybe you're probably right. I mean, I'm not going to doubt your baseball um, knowledge. But you know, the Cardinals did this two years ago. Mm-hmm. They pretty much went to the Diamondbacks, asked the Diamondbacks, "Hey, Paul Goldschmidt, you know what I'm saying?" Mm-hmm. They traded them for a really good Cardinals-friendly deal, and then now two years later, here we are. Nolan Arenado goes to the Cardinals on a really friendly deal. And, you know, it's like, why are we letting the Cardinals get away for asking for these elite players on teams that's probably not really contending uh, and getting them for good prices? I mean, it's kind of kind of frustrating for me as a Braves fan. I could have ran about Nolan Arenado forever. I've been saying the Braves need to get him for forever. We've had a hull at third base ever since Chipper left. Uh, Josh Donaldson came back one year. Yeah, he was an uh, MLB caliber player for that year, too. Oh, yeah. You mean MVP? Not necessarily, but yeah, he was good. Uh, But. Did I see M? What did I say? MLB caliber. He was definitely MLB MLB caliber that year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, he would have just been. You see what happened, just to get off topic with the Braves, essentially. When they got Donaldson, the team did better because it protected Freddie Freeman. They got Ozuna, who literally went off in that short season. He's a streaky guy, and I said that from the beginning. And you're talking about they played one half of a season. He could have very well, the next half of that season, struck out a ridiculous amount Mm because he's known to strike out a little bit, streaky player. He's been ridiculously hot since he played the Braves with the Cardinals in the postseason, then we signed him. He had an amazing year with us, and we did amazingly for the most part. So, I mean, we were one game away, closer than that, to going to the World Series. But, you know, the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So, I just kind of feel as like a Braves fan. I'm sad about the Arenado trade. I've always been an Arenado fan. I've always thought Arenado was probably the best third baseman in the league. He had a subpar year. People say... Uh, the park in Colorado inflates his offensive numbers because the ball flies better there at higher altitudes. Um, he's still like you're a football guy. Nobody uses this term, but I'm going to use it to compare it. You ever hear of a lockdown corner? I mean, mm-hmm. you can honestly coin that phrase with Nolan Arenado. You put him at third base, there's not really anything getting by him that any other third baseman in the major leagues could get to. He's crazy. Uh, Damn. I know you wanted to switch the topic up a little bit. Well, uh, I just like the Cardinals now as far as NL Central goes. You know, they have the Brewers, but Christian Yelich hasn't been, didn't do good last year. Uh, You know, so NL Central's up for grabs. The Cardinals seize an opportunity, got a good player. Now they're... They're, they're, they're poised to win the Central. Probably were poised to win the Central before that. Uh, I'm, I don't keep up with the Central as much as I do the East, of course. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a – I'm going to talk about a shirt curse, too. For those of you who don't know, which is all the viewers, listeners, I'm big on sh- baseball jerseys. The last year I got, for Christmas, my dad got me a Blake Snell was it not this past Christmas, the Christmas before that, I should say. I got a Blake Snell race jersey. Thought it was fire. You know what I'm saying? He won the Cy Young a couple years back or whenever. I like playing with him on the show. I watched, uh, he actually like streams. Blake Snell does. He's a left-handed pitcher. Um, and I, wa- I watched a YouTube compilation of all of his Fortnite uh, street like snipes. <laughs> uh, he was a cool guy. I really liked him. He got traded to the Padres. He'll play for the Padres this year. They're a big contender, like I just previously said. And I got a purple Arenado Rockies jersey, and now he also got traded. So I have a bit of a jersey curse, maybe. You know, they just got traded. And it's it's been known anytime I get a shirt, it doesn't last for long. I got a Cardinals Albert Pujols shirt when I was a kid. Then he went to the Angels. <laughs> and I got – I had a Jason Hayward shirt as a Braves fan. It was like one of the only Braves shirts. Doesn't have a lot of Braves shirt players, just, you know, Braves merchandise. And he obviously, he didn't stay around. Of course, I have a Freddie Friedman one now, and he won the MVP. So, 
maybe it just means something monumental in their career is yeah, going to happen. Maybe. I, you maybe. know, I don't know, Scherzi curses. But we can, yeah, we'll switch gears, completely dial back from baseball, for those that aren't really into that type of thing. Uh, we want to talk about the fact that there's six more weeks of winter coming as Phil the Groundhog has declared that. I'm yeah. not even going to pro- uh, try to pronounce the beginning part of that. I'm going to try to pronounce his name. I think it's Puxtawani. Puxtawani. Uh, I don't Phil. think it's Wani. Wayne, right? Puxtawani. Wayne? I don't fucking Puxtawani. Puxtawani Phil? I don't know. Phil. Well, nonetheless, this dang Groundhog, whatever the heck it is, big little bear looking thing looks like a baby bear but like no they don't Matt they're groundhogs <laughs> I don't know <laughs> they just look kind of weird bro. I don't like them well, they're I don't rodents. like the way I don't like that we as a people judge the next part of winter off of these things like I mean at least they can't pay them off you know what I mean you're gonna get I mean I don't think it's is there a, any real science backing this up <laughs> I have no idea and I've never cared to look into it it's just been always a thing that yeah. we talked about in elementary school, and I just accepted it as a kid. People want to know. And people just still talk about it. And there's a movie, Groundhog's Day, so I'm always worried <laughs> talking crap about it that my day will recycle or something. So, Man, you never know. Those groundhogs got some powers or something. I feel like, yeah, ever since I left high school, Groundhog's Day has not been a monumental thing. <laughs> I feel in the education system, it was a monumental thing. <laughs> yeah, for and no yesterday, reason. Yesterday, I think I might have saw one video about it. I didn't watch the video because the title said six more weeks of winter. So I watched the first like three seconds of it and was like, I don't even care. He's going to walk out of his hole or whatever and go back in. You know? But honestly, he Phil, doesn't even really do much walking. Really, he just kind of peeped out of his hole. He kind of just—they kind of just like, yeah. If he turns around, then they just—they don't. Re- he doesn't really even have a hole. Like, I it's, it's lame, bro. I watched the video one time when I was a little kid, and it was lame. And so I've never watched the video again because they showed it to us in elementary school. Elementary school ruined it for me. I just—I <laughs> mean, I feel like I don't know how familiar the groundhog is with people. Like, would he be comfortable actually getting out with all those people and cameras and stuff yeah, around him? flashing it? lights and stuff. I like, mean, are they just setting They are like, setting him up for six like, weeks of winter. There's regular. like eight homies behind him with top hats. I don't get that either. Like, what's the whole deal with top hats? Like, you know, listen, you know, there's <laughs> some shit, Matt, that they did. That they did when they didn't have science. Or they had science. And then people were just like, nah, the groundhog's still correct. The groundhog. He's just backing, the science just backs up the groundhog's decision. And now we've all bought into this fact. Is Phil a conspiracy segment? Have we jumped into a conspiracy segment with Phil? (laughs) Yeah, I think those eight guys behind him in the top hats, I have no idea how many it is because they kind of form a clump in the video. But I think they're the conspirators. I think I think they're controlling winter. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the government. And they have a weather control machine and they know what they're doing. And I'm sponsoring this. Are you telling theory. me are you telling me that, that means that they're putting hurricanes in places too? And now we're accusing them of some serious stuff. Yeah. They don't like New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't They hate New Orleans for some reason. <laughs> They really hate the North Carolina coast, too. They love to scare us. It don't take much to scare North Carolinians. Drop a couple of snowflakes and you're out of milk and bread for a week. Yeah, drop an atomic bomb and it won't blow up. Yeah, we talked about that already on the Cat Podcast a year ago. <laughs> but, uh, so yes, six, more, six more weeks of winter. Uh, yep, because of Phil. Yeah, I'll show. Is, is this like the same Phil that's been doing it all along? It can't be. No, so they, like they've been training, so they they got a hand in this. I don't trust them. I don't trust the people. I don't trust the men in the top hats. You don't pull up to an event in top hat and have good intentions nowadays. Well, because of global warming, is it really going to be six more weeks later? <laughs> it might only be like Phil three believes. Weeks. I believe. We believe in Phil. So now we do believe in Phil. There's going to be six more weeks later. We're just going to track it on the podcast. So when we come back, like... When this conspiracy theory is blown wide open in 20 years, I want to say that we covered it first and we knew Phil was a liar. I'm sure if we... Phil's going to have a tell-all. And he's going to be on the Oprah Winfrey network. 
but it's not going to be Oprah running it. It's going to be a robot that has her consciousness inside of it. <laughs> Bro, you just... <laughs> I just went off into some crazy areas that, that yeah. That's like some that's like some Bill Gates, Elon Musk futures. Why? No, uh, talking about CEOs and stuff now to get completely off topic. Did you hear Jeff Bezos? I think I'm saying his name right. Yeah, Bezos. He, uh, Bezos. Well, Bezos. He, he stepped down or was fired. Or, he stepped down. I th- yeah, okay. Stepped down is the correct terminology there. I, I just saw that he left uh, Amazon. You know... I find it really interesting because he's the one that pretty much built Amazon. Like I remember seeing him on the news in like 2011 before Amazon was really a big thing and it was like an up and coming kind of thing. Yeah. That was that I mean that's his business. And he stepped down, but I find that interesting because because um his ex-wife donated an insane amount of money a few months ago, I think it was, mm-hmm. just to like charity, and uh, it's just like weird to me because I remember when we saw it, we thought it was such an obscure amount to donate to charity, uh, like all in a big mm-hmm. function. We re- we immediately said there's a vice on there, somebody's got a hold or something there. Yeah, which obviously that's just the people we are. And then now I find it interesting. You know, we didn't think anything about it, never discussed it again, because there was nothing else to, to talk about that we obviously was reporting. Yeah, we didn't read hiding, about. really. Yeah, you know. and uh, But now Bezos steps down, it kind of makes you think maybe there was something, maybe there is something going on there. Maybe they are hiding something, I don't know. That they just want to step out of the limelight. But, I don't know, I haven't really... The box, were we... Bring conspiracies out of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> on things we were gonna do shout outs on. <laughs> where we get into a Jeff Bezos and his wife are in deep conspiracy theory where they're <laughs> secretly giving money to a some sort of charity because they did something wrong and Jeff now has to step down. That is the theory we have, and I don't know where we got it from, but now we're gonna talk about Navelli, Navalini, my <laughs> freaking pick for the death pool. Dude is a straight savage. Yeah. He is a straight savage. Called out Vladimir Putin for trying to kill him with the poison a couple, like, six months ago, if you listen to the last podcast. Um, and he's getting... he's He was getting sentenced in a Russian court for to, per, to prison. And as he was leaving, this is that's what he had to say. He was, like, straight up straight up savage that he, said, he called him out. He, he was, said, <laughs> the, the quote was, he mentioned two, I guess, Russian historical figures and it was like, I think it was like an Alexander the Great and then it was like a Yugoslav the Wise mm-hmm. and it was like, but it was like, the point was, it was somebody the Great and somebody the Wise and now Vladimir will be known as the, what, underpants poisoner? The underwear poisoner. Mm. Yeah. Is that how he poisoned him? I think so. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you're telling me... You're, you're telling me that man's poisoned his underpants? <laughs> <laughs> That's an accurate translation? <laughs> I don't know. We saw this on CNBC. I don't I don't respect anything they have to say on CNBC. The lady was freaking... What if... What, now I just imagine Putin sneaking into the monkey room. <laughs> and again, I only imagine Putin is with, the shirt, yeah, with the shirt off, the, the fucking military vest and the cargo pants and the military boot, you know? Mm-hmm. He sneaks into the monkey's room at night. At night. Finds his fucking underwear. He's been stalking him out and detailing him so he knows which underwear he wears on what day. Yeah. And then he lines that shit with whatever the poison anthrax or some shit he's the now the underpants poison <laughs> the underwear poison that is freaking crazy Brett I don't I, I mean Russian politics I have this dude I don't know I'm, I'm wishing the best for bro but are you you picked him for the death <laughs> <laughs> come on Matt <laughs> I just think he's taking a very risky gamble with his life against somebody that really doesn't care I mean, heck, he already tried to kill him once, so why wouldn't he try again? Yeah. You need to not make him a mortar, martyr. Yeah. 
I mean, but it's just about standing up and doing what's right at the end of it. Mm. And man's man's knows he's fighting for a cause bigger than him. You know what I mean? At least he feels like that. Yeah, at least he feels like that. So I mean, go him. It's kind of like it's kind of like. I just watched, uh, just finished it last night, the uh, Snowden movie that's on Netflix Mm -hmm. about Eric Snowden. And, uh, you know, like he 100% believes, and I believe him to be right for the most part, that he did the right thing in leaking the information, you know? I definitely agree. Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, it showed at the end of the movie, like during the, the credits, it's it showed that uh, that I guess probably in like 2013 2015 like a lot of that stuff that the NSA was doing was deemed illegal unconstitutional stuff like that you know the what was it the deputy director the defense director lied to Congress mm-hmm. saying that that wasn't happening I mean just crazy stuff he's actually from Elizabeth City North Carolina Snowden yes. That is that is very crazy. Um, he's currently hiding out in Moscow now. Yeah, I've seen he's done a couple things. I know he's still active on some social medias and he tweets, but I think that I think that people did not rise up in the way they should have in commotion about that situation. And uh, we weren't really that old when that came out. We were only like sixteen. Well, 13, really. Yeah. 14. 13, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, freshman in high school. So, I mean, we couldn't make a real stance about that. But, I I mean, today I find that very troubling. Like, as we interface our homes with technology. Yeah. As we interface our homes with technology. Like, it just makes it more scary that the government's just going to be watching us. And, I mean, I'm of the present mind that I believe in human freedoms and like that's just a scary thing that they're well, going to step into our lives like that. There was a line that they said and I'm not going to give away too much. Uh, I mean the movie's like 10 years old. True. But not 10 people, years old. People have, maybe haven't watched it I'm not going to ruin it for them. Yeah go watch it if you um, haven't. It's a good it, the movie. It was interesting for sure. It's definitely an over dramatization of the actual events that played out clearly and they definitely make Snowden look a little bit better than he should have looked as a as like a reasonable figure and like they took his side a lot more than like I would per se take his side in some things and I think that the way he went about some things are is kind of not the right way to go about it but why what what do you mean like completely leaking the documents on like it like unknown like he didn't leak it on reddit he leaked it on freaking like unknown like terrorist like like bad people like not good people to use that fucking site like what site was it it was fucking like I guess um, reddit wasn't around then but like he could have leaked it somewhere else in I the movie like, see in the movie he gives it to reporters and they report the story no he he put it on wikileaks Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He put it on WikiLeaks. And, like, everybody can see that. Like, because yeah. all the countries became aware that they, that they were getting viewed. Yeah. I don't know. He, I feel like he just went about it kind of the wrong way. I mean, I don't know what the right way to go about that would be. But, yeah, he did leak, like, sensitive information, which is... True, but, I mean... He did feel like it was a violation of the Constitution and our rights. And Congress literally deemed it as such. Mm-hmm. But he's still a criminal. He did not get pardoned by Trump. He did not. Trump had pardoned a mm. lot of people. Obviously. I don't think I don't think anybody would pardon him. Yeah. I think he's being he's being tried for treason, correct? Like espionage under the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. Under the uh it's not the Patriot Act, but it's another act. Where I don't know what you're talking about. Where he doesn't... He said... It said in the movie that he would go back to America for a fair and public trial. 
Mm-hmm. But because of the the way the Espionage Act works, they could do it all behind closed it's doors. It's private, right? Yeah. It can be private. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I remember that. He said so. It would not be fair. Mm-hmm. And he's he's probably true. You know what I'm saying? Because like a thousand percent true. It wouldn't be fair. They would freaking grill him to the. Yeah, he said that he it would be like he's a he's like a terrorist. He doesn't. He would like probably get tortured and stuff. I I guess they say that that doesn't happen anymore or whatever, but. But it 100% happens. Uh, so, yeah, he's in Moscow. He got to Moscow. He flew out from there from, like, Hong Kong, I think. And he got to Moscow, and U.S., like, canceled his passport. He was going to go He was gonna go somewhere in Latin America. Like, Central America. Like, Mexico or something. Not Mexico, but it was an island around there. Yeah, you was in the consulate, or uh, like, or like the em- the embassy of the the Russian, like, con- like the country embassy yeah. for like a long period of time. I remember like uh-huh. back when I was a kid, like for like two weeks, and then they got him out of there. Yeah, see, they knew he was in Hong Kong and in China, and then, but China just didn't hold him. China didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> China's like, yeah, but also they were worried China was going to, I remember at the time people were worried that China was going to get the information from, get more information from him, and that he was going to sell it to the Chinese. Yeah. Or some something like that, and who knows if that happened, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. He, it says... Why did he go to China, you know It says I mean? in the movie, well, I mean, China probably is a pretty good place to hide from. He's a white man. I mean, okay, but <laughs> I mean, just like whatever. I guess uh, I guess that's a. They knew he was there. The Chinese government even knew he was there. Exactly. And they, yeah, everybody knew he was there. That, but it was just about him. Yeah, that's just a completely crazy story. It said it said that after he gave it to the reporters in the movie, he deleted the information completely off of his computer. And off of everything. So he no longer had any of the information. It was like the three reporters that then had the information. Hmm. That's what it said in the movie. Supposedly, the journalist they said he kept whatever. the freaking drive or whatever, and he was going to sell it to the Chinese. Yeah. That's what I heard in the news. But also, that's the news. and they. Yeah, but also, this is a movie that sides with them. So, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. Somewhere in the middle. Maybe. Yeah, probably. I don't really think that he. You want to get to um, our last shout out? That oh. Matthew Stafford trade. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Um, the other day, when was that? I think that was like two, two, three days ago. I don't know when the podcast is going to come out, so I won't confuse y'all. But the Lions sent Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for the Rams' first-round picks in 2022, 2023, and a third-round pick in 2021, and, of course, Jared Goff. Um, ben, open us up with a little dialogue about this situation. <laughs> uh, How do you feel? I mean, you're, I mean um, you're a self-admitted newer fan of football and getting into the depths of football. So give me your opening take on what you think about this trade and who wins this trade. Okay, first off, Sean McVay will give picks up like nothing, right? Yeah, I think he's the one calling the trades. So yeah. He really is just making, like just giving picks up. Yeah, he is. Uh, Matt Stafford, some people say, is the most underrated quarterback in the game. Uh I've said, you know, there's like the highlights of him doing like the no look pass, mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. And I mean, he seems like he's got a big arm. You know what I mean? He can throw the ball for sure. I mean, he's injury prone, right? Yeah, he is quite injury prone. He's quite injury prone, but, but that's like, just because I think I saw a statistic that he was like the most tackled quarterback, um, or most sacked quarterback, or most hit quarterback for like quite a while. But the Rams offensive line isn't that much better, is it? It's high. I mean, it's high. But I, I think I think just playing in that scheme will be better for him. 
in general. Yeah, probably so. I mean, people say that Matt Stafford is good enough to take teams and win teams games and playoff games and Super Bowls. Maybe Super Bowl, maybe not plural, but people think that he's that good. You know what I mean? I think he's definitely a top five quarterback that we don't talk about because I think a lot of other quarterbacks shadow him. And like when people hype Ben Roethlisberger up at the beginning of the year, like all I was thinking was maybe Matt Stafford would have a good year. And honestly, he had one of his best years this year. Uh, I think I think the Rams really have sold their future. I mean, they don't have a 2021 first-round pick. They don't have a 2022 first-round pick. They don't have a third-round pick in 2021 now. Yeah, I mean, I think for all for Matthew Stafford, they got to win a Super Bowl. At least this looks stupid because they're – I mean, I don't care who you are and you think, oh, I can develop players, oh, I can get them in the later parts, and oh, I don't need a first-round pick, this, that, and the third. You do need first-round picks. Because there's premier talent up there that's just not going to slide. And you're not, and he's not adding more draft equity when he's replacing this draft equity. And that's like, that's going to make you be a, a draft debt, of course. Yeah, this is like this one is of the accounting 101. Like, you're not going to be able to bring in enough young talent that's at least similar quality to these players if you're not even bringing in picks to match these picks. And he's not. I mean, I haven't seen him make moves to grab more picks or to at least, like, he could be adding, like, fourth-round picks, and I'd be like, this makes a little bit of sense. He's like, okay, I'll grab fourth-rounders out of this. Yeah, I would expect, like, the Lions to give up, like, a like a late pick or two, like maybe a, like a future fourth or, yeah, like a maybe one-third. Or, you know what I mean? Golly, I mean, they robbed him. They robbed him when they took the <laughs> two first-round picks, let alone the third. All for Matthew Stafford, and they got Jared Goff back. So they're saying, basically what they're saying is that Stafford is better than what they could have got with any of those picks combined. Mm-hmm. The Lions straight up robbed these these guys. You they, think so? Really? Yes. I think this was you just said that Matt Stafford was like I a think top five quarterback. I think, yeah. But the only way this trade plays out is if the L.A. Rams win a Super Bowl. Okay, true. So, and... How bad is Goff? Is Goff, like... I'd he, say he's top 20, and that's like, and that's a generous... That's generous. I think he's, he played at some points this year. So he's slightly below average starter. He's definitely, he's definitely below average. Okay. Starter. Below average starter. Below average starter. I think he's a Mitch Trubisky-esque player. Not to hate on Mitch, but he's he's sometimes like they have flashes of greatness, but then and reason why they were picked so high, and then they have flashes of why are they starting? Why, why are, are they, they starting? Here? Why are they making these decisions? They look like they just came out of a high school football game and dressed out, <laughs> you know. So, and I think Matthew Stafford brings ten times more than that to every game. He's, I mean, geez Louise. Okay, so. But I think Detroit, they're just setting themselves up. I mean, for, I mean, those those first-round picks are going to be late first-round picks, I think. Top 20, higher than 20, both of them probably. So, I mean, that is what that is. You're going to get a mid-tier decent player off of those and we'll see what happens yeah but they still have their own first pick, mm-hmm. first round pick so now you're talking about two they could trade like they could trade yep somebody wants to fall back well I mean for Jalen Ramsey they've traded the Jaguars the tw- their first rounder in the 2020 draft and their first rounder in the 2021 draft but I mean we got chase on with that first 2020 draft so that's not looking great right now but that's a whole nother story so what what pick is that for the Jags now uh, this year it's going to be pick 25, I believe. Well, yeah, we got pick one, pick 25, 33, and I think like 46. So pretty, pretty good picks because it was you got like two around the third, second, third, mm-hmm. or first and second round. Mm-hmm. That'll be pretty good. Yes, very excited about the draft. Very excited. But, but okay, Matt Stafford's wide receiver core in Detroit versus 
Matt Stafford's new L.A. wide receiver core. What what are you seeing here? He's got more weapons in L.A., or are you just primarily sold out on the scheme and the fact that the Rams have a better defense? I'm sold on the scheme and that if if Sean McVay is who he presents himself to be an offensive guru, uh, which, I mean, he has presented himself to be multiple times, but sometimes his offense stalls and it doesn't look great, and he'd never develop Jerry Goff, who was a first-round pick, which you would think would be a developmental player. Um, I think I think I do think the scheme is going to be the big difference in if he's better offensively, but I think he's going to put up similar offensive numbers. I just think that, which is what they need, and I think that's what's going to... Once the offense of the LA Rams is semi-competent, which I believe it will be under, and they can put up like 35, the defense can hold anybody to tw- under 21 that they want to. I think that defense is really scary. So I think with an offense that's not struggling to score like it was under Jared Goff a lot, um, and they really didn't have another option to put in there. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think with Matthew Stafford, that offense might be humming. I could see Matthew Stafford getting like 4,800 yards, 36 touchdowns, and like eight interceptions. That would be a impressive 36 year. or 37, I'll say. I mean, that can be an MVP year, right? Uh, hit 40 and it'll be an MVP year. Oh, and get okay. five, almost 5,000 and it'll be an MVP year. I'm okay. saying that would put him in the top five. It would be a great year for him. It'd be a year similar to I think he had a similar year to that this year. This year, so if he if he if he's at his level that he performed at this year, or he's slightly lower, I think the LA Rams make the playoffs, and then from there it's anybody's ball game as the playoffs are. But they need a Super Bowl in these in this time frame while they got him, and I think Matthew Stafford's a competent quarterback. Potentially into his forties. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's got that. I don't know if he's got that durability TB after 12 getting hit and all that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, quarterbacks are lasting longer now for whatever reason. Good rules, I guess you could say. So. Yeah, probably a lot of things. I think they're gambling that quarterbacks are lasting longer because I I think he's already like 31. So. You said in the old days, 30, 30s, you were kind of out of the league. Yeah, I mean, I def, I feel like there's more, there's older players or people hitting their prime later in baseball too, so I definitely feel you there. But Talking about older players, um, recently was speaking to one of the coaches um, at where I work, and he was telling me about, um, he was actually on the practice squad for the uh, Arizona Cardinals and speaking about old heads really? um, he was a wide receiver on the team and yeah. he he said he, I asked him how what, what Larry Fitzgerald was like and he said these exact words he said he's just different he's just different that's all he said really? that's all he said was he's just different he that's said true. he's a different kind of beast that's what he said to me he said that man is different and I was just like that is crazy because I mean I look at this guy and I see the way that he coaches and I see the way that he when he you can you can see like he's still he's still probably like 27 28 he could be in the NFL if that that had continued and he had prospered there but I mean it looks like life took him in other direction but when he's out there running and stuff <laughs> and I see him run routes full speed, like I'm like, holy crap! Like he's he's crazy. Like he makes all our other wide receivers look real, like sloppy kind of feel. But but Larry there's, Fitzgerald, Larry, beast. like, but he said Larry Fitzgerald was a different beast. And when I see him, I think he's a different beast. You know what I'm saying? So it's just crazy for me. Oh well, you always have to think. But you you always I mean, forget know, that the professional athletes are so like upper echelon athletes like they're the cream of the crop they're the best they really are 
They're the best of them. And I mean, are. this guy that I'm that we're speaking about. I mean, he put up a thousand. He put up a thousand yards three seasons in a row in D one college. You know, so he's pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. Man, let's throw. I mean, catching the ball for real. Uh, I guess we can break it down to a segment nobody tell or history nobody tells a segment nobody tells. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, uh, I don't think a, nobody else tells this segment. But the segment is history that nobody tells. Matt, you got something for us? Yeah, I do. Um, just an interesting thought thing that I was going to say, and we could talk it out. But um, a singing birthday card today has more computer power in it than the entire Allied and Axis armies of World War II. And I just, I think that's absolutely crazy. And I know me and my dad have said this one time, something slightly different, but like a 13-year-old girl today with her iPhone has more connectability than the entire armies of the Civil War. You know? Yeah, for sure. And, and that's that's absolutely insane. And like, that technology in World War Two, let alone Civil War, which is a little farther back, has increased that much, you know? Yeah. Around this upward trajectory spiral, it feels like, of technology. Just, like, I feel like it's rapidly coming well, down our face. Well, that's, like, what they always say, like, the, the, the iPhones we have now are more powerful and stronger than the computers that put a man on the moon. Oh, yeah. definitely, yeah. And those the computer that put a man on the moon was the size of my apartment. Yeah. You know, it was, I mean, it was pretty big. I mean. Yeah, I was, uh. Jeez Louise. I was throwing some books out at the library. Bend the book burner. They bend the book burner. Get him now. He's throwing out intellectual knowledge. Ben, how could you do that? Okay, it was literally <laughs> how to manage data in the 1970s okay so let's be honest that shit is not applicable anywhere oh my god okay please tell me you read this please I, I, I would have kept it I would have kept it for the lulls no see well I kept there was like one there was a book in there by Upton Sinclair about like social injustice and protest uh-huh. he's the guy that wrote The Jungle I don't know if you remember that in high school about the meatpacking industry yes but it's called A Cry for Justice I uh-huh. kept that book because he's wrote passages and there's other excerpts we in there we read that in AP English yeah I've, we've read excerpts out of it so I kept that book uh, but the rest of them were like like accounting in the 70s <laughs> and like, like a bunch of like like business books from the seventies, really, and so like you could probably learn how to manage a penny stock. And there was, like, <laughs> there was some psycho, there was some psychological ones too. Like one of them, like I was. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! This is about to get really racist <laughs> or sexist because seventies they didn't give up. Mm. Yeah, no you joke. No saying? joke. It was they were they were all blatantly sexist. Right? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't read them enough to like see anything about race whatsoever. But like one of them was like one of them was like how to be how to be a helpful woman manager or something. And it and what was funny is it was wrote by a man. <laughs> this man's telling them how to do their job as a woman manager. Dang, got him. And there was one, and it was like it said the psych the psychology of women. And how they and how their brain works, and it was like, it was like definitely like four and a half inches thick. Golly! So nobody could have read that book. No pictures or nothing either, because I looked through it. I wanted to see if there was interesting things. I said I was going to get it so that I could figure out we would be able to decipher where women want to eat. <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't get to that. They didn't have that trick figured out in the seventies, I guess. No, we still don't have that trick figured out today. So that's yeah. kind of like the Helen Keller situation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if no blind and deaf people, like together, like a blind and deaf person, like they're both are speaking and communicating today, then how the heck was Helen Keller speaking and communicating? That's all I want. Well, both of us are definitely denouncers of Helen Keller's progress. I'm definitely a big Helen Keller. I'm a big anti-Helen Keller theorist. I think she 
I think she was manipulated by the system and by her caretaker. And it is no surprise that when her caretaker passed away, she stopped making public exper- uh, appearances. You know? You can look this up, guys. Yeah. You can look this I up. Just, I just, like, I think about it, you know, my mom's death. So, and, like, she, she can read lips, so she's pretty good at understanding what people say. The masks have been killing her. But, uh... She's been pretty. She's pretty good at reading people's lips if they, if they, look at her and speak clearly, you know. And, but she still has such a hard time, like pronouncing words because she can't like, she can't really hear herself the way that we could hear herself, and she doesn't really hear us say a word. Like so, sometimes she can't pronounce words very well. And her mom avidly taught her English, like avidly made her do like phonics and like all, you know what I'm saying, all of that stuff. And she still sends text messages that I cannot decipher if I had access to the Rosetta Stone itself, okay? <laughs> and of course I love her to death and it's not, you know what I'm saying, that's yeah. just uh, you know. Yeah, but it's just. Like, but like, I just think about the fact that we have all this communication. Had we had all there. this communication and information at our fingertips now, and then back then, as somebody who was blind and deaf, she flew a plane. Yeah, there's, there's no reports way. that she flew like flew a plane and crazy stuff like. There's that. a video, bro. There's <laughs> a video. You can look it up. It's Helen Keller flies a plane. I think they put a stunt double in there, but it's Helen Keller flies the plane. For real, you can look it up. It's on YouTube. Um, but yeah, that I don't believe. Sound, that I makes don't her sound believe. like it's a circus match. I don't believe animal. it. I don't believe it. <laughs> like the 1920s, they weren't faking stuff, Brett. Definitely easier to pull the wool over people's eyes, and I think they were. But with that, guys, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Almost an hour today on this segment of the pod. Um, if you like the pod. If the you box. Like, if you like the box. The podcast called The Box. Yep. If you like it, um, remember to like, favorite, subscribe, listen, share, all that stuff. Um, also remember, we will be coming out with episodes trying to at least three or four weeks. So just keep this thing cranking out and share it with your friends if you like it. Bren, you got anything to say as we outro this out? You know, I don't really have much to say. Just thank y'all for listening if you're still listening this far into it. And hope to catch y'all another time. Y'all take care. Be safe. Peace.